Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. It's in. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. It's a grand slam! I'm telling you, it's time to party! Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today joining me for episode 273 of the show is Keaton DeRocher and Bob Osgood of Over the Monster. Uh, gentlemen, this is our season preview, a... Uh, an episode that we look forward to all year. We're going to be going through each division in baseball, uh, except the AL East, because we did that last week on a very big deep dive. So if you want to learn about our thoughts about the AL East, check that out. But we're going to go through every division. We're going to pick our uh, playoff teams. We're going to also pick our World Series winner, AL MVP, NL MVP, uh, the Cy Young Awards, and the Rookie of the Year Awards for for both leagues so great show ahead of us uh keaton how you doing man doing good a little tired but uh ready for this big old show there we go uh bob how's it hanging over there good i'm ready to do this i uh this was a lot of fun last year being a part of this episode and um just tired of looking at the same stuff from last year and season previews and rosters and 
looking forward to watching baseball games that count in three days. Uh, of course, you know, YouTube TV doesn't want to have Nesson and they don't want to have the MLB network and they're making my life a lot harder than I anticipated, but we'll find a way. Yeah. Baseball finds a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about it too because the game's in a really good spot right now as we're going to get to it when we talk about all our major awards. I mean, the star power in the game is just incredible right now. A lot of divisions expect to be very competitive this year. Uh, and I'm just so excited for the rule changes. Um, so very exciting stuff coming. Um, but let's get right to a couple Red Sox relevant things right off the bat before we dive into the divisions. Um, some roster decisions were made as Red Sox are in the process of wrapping up their spring training camp. Jorge Alfaro and Bobby Dahlbeck have both been optioned to AAA. Um, this means that the team is going with Yu Chang and Connor Wong to start the year uh, on their active 26-man roster. Uh, so winning those two spots. And uh, Rymel Tapia is also expected to make the team. Uh, the likely move there to add him to the uh, 40-man is... DFA and Caleb Bort, but that is not official yet. Uh, and then they're also looking for a final bullpen spot um, because with uh, the expected move of DFA and Ort and no other healthy pitchers who are not uh, currently projected to be starters at uh, AAA, um, they are probably going to have to look outside of the organization uh, for that final bullpen spot. So I don't expect that to be any any of the familiar names we've talked about. Uh, let's go ahead and start with you here, Bob. What are your thoughts on these moves, uh, and did they make the right ones? Yeah, they probably made the right ones to maintain the most flexibility um, within the roster, because uh, at least with the hitters, because as you mentioned, the flexibility with the pitchers is at zero it's actually at less than zero they are negative one pitchers on the 40 man that can make their roster which we alluded to last week that it was becoming a bit of a crunch uh and it got even worse since we last spoke so yeah i think it sounded like with alfaro um and some of the information in the last maybe a week or so after we recorded you know that he had a similar upward mobility whatever the hell that is clause that Tapia had, um, but it seems Pete Abraham kind of alluded to them floating Alfaro out there, but there wasn't much interest elsewhere for him to opt out, so he'll probably start in the minor leagues, I think, with Dahlbeck, unless they really were going to make him the backup shortstop, which never seemed to make sense that um, there really wasn't a spot for him on the roster. Um, so they'll start with Chang and Wong, and they can always, if those players aren't working out they can pretty easily pivot to Alfaro or Dahlbeck um, whenever that happens I think that it makes sense for Tapia to make the roster there's a need there um, you know pretty obvious who the top five outfielders are uh, but it gives them a little more flexibility at catcher and your guess is as good of as mine of who that 13th pitcher is going to be as a result of all this yeah, still a lot to be decided here in the last couple of days. Um, you know, Keaton, the the decisions to keep uh, Yu Chang and, and Connor Wong surprised me a little bit. Uh, I just did a roster projections article up on our site over the weekend. 
And I had both Alfaro and Dahlbeck making the team. So were you surprised at all at these two moves? And and how do you feel about these? I mean, I know that you uh, have been a a little bit of a fan of Dahlbeck's spring, but, you know, we were talking about how that's kind of fool's gold at this point. But, you know, it seemed like we were all three of us on board with Alfaro here. So were you surprised at all? I was a little surprised with um, the Chang and Dalbuck one just because I figured they had, it seemed like they had committed enough to Dalbuck that he was just going to be there um, in some kind of role. So I was kind of surprised that they actually did make that move. Um, Wong starting on the roster, though, a couple pods ago, I talked about how this is what I actually wanted to see because I I really liked how Wong ended the year last year. So I thought that he kind of earned it, but I I felt like. the way that that kind of the spring was playing out, it seemed like they were really into um, letting Alfaro make the team. So um, that move, I was a little surprised just because it seemed like it was not trending in that direction, but I actually really like it a lot. And I like that Connor Wong made the team. Yeah. If anything, the the way that I interpreted these moves is that the Bobby Dahlbeck for uh, Yu Chang thing. Yu Chang makes a lot more sense on this roster. Um, so I am happy that they ended up going with Chang. With Alfaro, I think by getting that assurance from him that he's not going to opt out, this kind of kicks the roster decision that they were going to have to make uh, for Alfaro down the road a little bit. So maybe they have another month or so to figure out, you know, who's worth keeping on the 40 man and, uh, you know, make a decision when they need to. So I get why they did it. Um, probably not exactly the way that I would have done it uh, with Alfaro, but totally fine with these moves as well. And and that's a fair point. Uh, what you said that we were all kind of in favor of Alfaro. I think if I, you know, who do I want to see on the roster? It was, it was Alfaro, especially with the spring that he had. Um, you know, I think last week he asked me and I put it at 50-50 and this was just the only reason for it. If there, if it was, the ability to have one more player that they could stash, and they thought it made more sense for the roster. Um, but I, I don't disagree. I really wanted to see, you know, Jorge Alfaro up with the team, and I hope that we do within a month or so. Um, and to your point about Yu Chang on defense, he has played about equal amounts of games. You know, 58 career games at first, 53 at second, 56 at third, and 35 at short. And I think that they'll give it a shot and see that he can be the backup at all of those positions until they get a little bit more um, health in the infield. And then, you know, if Chang's hitting 180, it might be easier if Mondesi or uh, someone else comes back that they can let him go at that point. Yeah, probably a pretty good shot that by the end of 2023, uh, Alfaro and uh, Chang and a bunch of these guys won't even be on the roster. So, you know, all, all this will be for nothing in the end. Maybe. <laughs> Let's get right to the, the divisions, though. So last week we predicted the AL East, so we're going to skip over that one. But let's get right to the AL Central. Um, a moderately exciting division, honestly. When I was looking at the AL Central today, uh, I was reviewing all of the teams. And obviously, the Guardians won that division last year. Um 
But other than the Guardians, that division was pretty damn disappointing. A couple of the teams we thought were going to be really good. I remember on our season preview, we thought the White Sox were going to be great. They had a terrible season last year. Um, just, you know, not not really uh, a great division. Um, but, you know, the Guardians won it again with their pitching and got by with enough offenses, especially relying on uh, J-Ram over there to carry the team again. So... Um, interesting, interesting teams, uh, in this one, Keaton, how do you see the AL central playing out this year? Yeah, I actually had to think about the guardians and the twins for a second there. Uh, I ended up going with the guardians, one twins, two white Sox, tigers, Royals. And ultimately I just went with the guardians because I just really like their pitching a whole lot. I think the twins have a nice, fun, young lineup. That will be fun to watch, but I think they have a lot more inconsistencies to their rotation and their lineup. Um, and the Guardians pitching is just, as it always is, is just loaded. So went with them yeah. again. Yeah, I went with them too. Um, I had a, a different order than you, um, but I went uh, Guardians, Twins, uh, Royals third, White Sox fourth, Tigers fifth. Um, how did you see it, uh, Bob? Yeah, so I had the Guardians first, uh, the White Sox second, the Twins third, Tigers fourth, and the Royals fifth. Um, and we're not doing playoff teams, I don't think yet, so we'll just leave it at that there. But <laughs> I, um, with the White Sox, I think that they just everything kind of went wrong for them last year, and. They have a new manager that's in there, and they have a lot of really exciting hitters that I think are just going to be a year late with the breakout. You know, whether that be Eloy Jimenez, who's going to be DHing now, hopefully that keeps him on the field. Um, I think Ben Intendi's kind of perfect in that park, um, you know, where he could tap into his power a little bit more, and they gave him a significant contract. Louis Robert, who just had some fluky injuries throughout the whole year. Those guys hitting behind Tim Anderson and Andrew Vaughn um, in the in the mix as well. It's a really good lineup. And with Dylan Cease and Lance Lynn, um, we'll see whether Giolito gets back to his former self. Um, you know, and unfortunately with Hendricks out with cancer, um, that's the their bullpen takes a hit and hopefully he gets back at some point during the season, because that's a big part to the back end of the game. Um, but I don't know. I just, I think that the White Sox were just a year off and I still think that there's a ton of talent there. Um, and I actually think that they might be even closer to the guardians than we think to the top of that division. That is really fascinating because I had them fourth and you guys both had them higher than me. You guys both had the Royals finishing fifth. If I'm remembering correctly from yep. the last, couple minutes um yeah good memory I, I had them third and i think you guys are uh, well i especially think you guys are crazy for uh having the tigers above the royals because when i'm looking at this royals lineup right here there's a lot that i really like about this um first of all really cool thing about this royals lineup coming into this year it is all homegrown except for edward olivares um, they've got really interesting bats at the top. 
Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez, Sal Perez, Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of really interesting guys. And then towards the bottom of the lineup, they have some other players that I like. Kyle Isbell, Michael Massey. Um, they've got some depth on the bench too. Nicky Lopez, Fran Mil Reyes, whatever you think of him at this point. Um, decent bullpen. I don't know. I just, I like the Royals. And when I look over at what the Tigers are doing right now, like I look at that roster and it's just a whole bunch of garbage to me. And I don't think that, that, uh, that rotation is anything like you can talk me into the, uh, the White Sox thing. Like, yeah, sure. They've got stars. They've got Anderson, Lou Bob, Eloy, Moncada, like Andrew Vaughn, Grandal could have a bounce back. I could easily be the low man on them, but you guys, somebody explain to me what you guys are thinking with having the Royals behind the Tigers. I mean, I'll read off their pitching staff. (laughs) Yeah. Holy shit. All those pieces that you just listed in their lineup are interesting pieces, but they're all like less than a year of experience or like no experience. And so I just, this is not reliable. It'll be fun to watch them progress. I'm just not expecting anything out of it. I don't know if you guys can talk to me in, into the fact that uh, the the Tigers have a better rotation than the the Royals. So I'm going to be brutally honest here. The thing that I thought about the least in this entire exercise was fourth and fifth in the AL Central. <laughs> um, <laughs> These yeah. two teams are so far beyond below the other three teams, in my opinion, that Interesting. Um, I just threw that against the wall. So it's more a, I don't think they're in the same league. Okay. So you guys see a big gap uh, between the White Sox and the bottom two teams. Yep. Okay. Maybe I'm just optimistic on the, these young Royals. I think they're going to make some noise. But, um, I mean, looking at it on, on the surface, I'm probably wrong to be so low on the White Sox, but we shall see. That'll be interesting at the end of the year. Um, you know, Keaton, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, let you wax poetic about your White Sox. I do this every year when we do this show. Is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to about your your uh, hometown White Sox? Honestly, Bob pretty much hit it on the head. Like, nothing went right for him at all last year, so it feels like it can't possibly happen again. Um, plus it's kind of neat to have all these guys back and healthy. Like Lou Bob missed a whole bunch of time. Um, Jimenez missed a whole bunch of time. Um, Oscar Colas made the roster. It's another fine youngster that they got out there. They're just, they're still young and exciting and hopefully they, they all stay on the field and they can be a young, exciting team for a full season. Yeah, Definitely. Bob, before we move on to the next division here, um, the Twins. This is a team that you know Keaton and I both like. You have them a little bit lower than we do, but I think still probably in the mix uh, for the division title if things go well for them. Um, they added Joey Gallo. They brought back Carlos Correa. We know what type of a player Buxton can be. Um, they've got some interesting young players as well. Jose Miranda, Trevor Larnick. Um, Traded for Pablo Lopez. They've got a really good bullpen. Uh, Joe Ryan had a bit of a breakout last year. They've got Tyler Molly as well. Kenta Maeda is coming back. You know, talk me into a Minnesota Twins win the division. What needs to happen for this team? Yeah, so I did have them third, but 
I, I think that top three could all potentially be interchangeable. It's all about starting pitching health to me, and I don't see all of these pitchers holding up. I think Lopez did last year, but he's had some arm injuries in the past. Sonny Gray never stays healthy for a full year. Um, Kenta Maeda is coming off Tommy John surgery. Tyler Molly velocity's been down in the spring and he had arm injuries last year so they obviously didn't care about any of that and they didn't care about Carlos Correa's physical either so they're just going to go with the um the all risk team which is fine um but you know Alex Karoloff was going to be a big piece and his wrist is still hurting from last year and you wonder if that's ever going to get better for him so they've they're already dealing with some injuries and um I just think the staff, it's going to be difficult to hold up for a full season. But if they stay healthy, then they absolutely could win this division. All right. Um, Let's move on to the AL West here. Bob, you want to give us your order for your AL West teams? Yeah, so I had... This is another one where... I think this was the most difficult division for me to put one through five. Uh, I ended up putting the Astros first. I put the Mariners second, the Angels third, the Rangers fourth, and the A's the most distant fifth humanly possible. Um, <laughs> but this is this got to be a really exciting division quickly uh, with the emergence of what Seattle did last year. Um, you know, the Angels are always interesting. Remains to be seen whether they'll be in it this year. Uh, and then the Rangers, out of nowhere emptying their pockets and another risky staff that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, but I have them as a, you know, a close fourth. Okay. Uh, Keaton, who do you have in that division? What what order do you have it in? Pretty similar. I went Astros, Mariners, Rangers, Angels, Athletics. Um, I really didn't want to put the Astros on top, but they're still really freaking good. But I think Mariners are closing the gap. Getting closer and closer. Yeah, I have it the same as you, Keaton, with the uh, Rangers third. So I think that's the team that I want to talk about first here. Um, As you said, Bob, they broke the bank in this past offseason and really the last couple of offseasons. Marcus Simeon ended up having a really good year uh, last year after a terrible start. Corey Seager is a guy who should contend for the AL MVP. We're going to be talking about him later on in the show, but he's one of the guys that's going to really benefit from the new shift rules as well. Um, Nathan Lowe had a little bit of a breakout last year. Adolis Garcia has been pretty much uh, as good as he was in his breakout. Um so they have an interesting lineup, and then they they emptied the bank on starting pitchers. They've got Jacob DeGrom, Nathan Eovaldi over there now. Andrew Haney was brought in. They brought in John Gray. Um, the you know Last year, they re-signed Martin Perez, who was excellent for them. There's a lot to like on this team. Um, Bob, you had the Angels over them. What makes you like the Angels more? Is it just simply the the star power of, of Trout and Otani and what that looks like when those guys are healthy or, or is it something else that kind of pushes, pushes the angels above above the Rangers for you? Yeah. I just have a feeling that this is finally the year that they are, are competitive and that they're not, I I think Otani's looming free agency has a lot to do with it. I think that the team is going to play with urgency. Um, I think that he's, 
28 years old and the best player in the league that we just saw um, what he can do on both sides of the field could have won back-to-back MVPs and he is just at the peak of his prime at 28 years old right now I think he's going to have an otherworldly season Um, Trout still just 31 you know he seems a little bit older than that because he's been a dominant player for so long but the two of them um, I like what they did around that I think Taylor Ward, who was only healthy for half of last year, they had so many injuries last year, and they did not have any depth to replace those players when they got hurt. They were putting out Trout, Notani, and uh, seven scrubs a lot of nights. So I think that, that Ward, um, we'll see with Rendon. I mean, they're paying him $35 million a year, so they're going to put him back out there, and he has an MVP caliber season in the past. Can he be half of that? You know, I think that he can... Um, Hunter Renfro, we know what he offers. So it's a really, it's a sneaky good lineup. Brandon Drury had a good year last year. They have a little bit more depth than in the past. Um, and then I think, you know, Reed Detmers is a breakout candidate pitcher. Had a no hitter last year, um, and just pitched really well down the stretch. It's looked great in the spring. Um, so I just, I think they have a little bit more depth. Their bullpen is, is a question, but, um, you know, I think they will be over 500 this year. Yeah, if a couple of those things go right for them, um, specifically their big two stay healthy the whole year. If Anthony Rendon hits again, um, which he has always done when he's been healthy, um, maybe the rookie Logan O'Hop, uh, you know, has a good season as well. But it really comes down to the pitching for them. You know, Patrick Sandoval, he's he's been really good. If he can take a step forward, they signed Tyler Anderson and then Reed Detmers, as you mentioned. So. If that stuff all goes right for them, I could see it. But Bob, I mean, uh, sorry, Keaton, I wanted to talk to you about um, what you kind of alluded to, the Astros versus the Mariners. We all had Astros, Mariners, one, two here, all three of us. What do you think it is about the Astros that still gives them the edge over the Mariners? And talk me into what a Mariners division title looks like. Ooh, okay. Um, well, I think we all kind of know what, um, their young hitters can do. Cause we kind of saw that carry them a bit. So I think it kind of turns over to the pitching and, you know, they added, uh, Luis Castillo at the trade deadline last year. Um, so they're going to have a full season of Castillo, uh, Gilbert and Ray. They're kind of leading that squad and then um george kirby there as well it's the the pitching can be so freaking good but as with pitching kind of goes was that really gonna be the case so i think if they can be healthy and consistent um then this is gonna be like neck and neck the entire way um but i think it's just the as good and consistent as the astros have been basically like what was the past like seven years now? I mean, it's you just got to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt um, when they're in a situation against a team who's trying to basically challenge them. So I, that's why I went with, ended up going with the Astros again. But um, Manor's lineup looks really good. They have a solid bench. That rotation looks so spicy. I really wanted to pick them. I just I just couldn't couldn't quite do it. Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to do it either. Um, and, and talk about two teams that couldn't have been built in more different ways. 
as well. You know, the the Mariners, when you're looking at this lineup and the rotation and, and everything, it's just like original team signing info. You know, it's every team in the league has contributed to this roster. We all know like how much uh, <laughs> they like to trade as well. Um, and they've done a really good job of, of bringing up their own dudes like Julio and Cal Raleigh and, you know, the two pitchers in, in um, Logan Gilbert and George Kirby, uh, but then just going out there and trading for and acquiring other guys. And then you look at the Astros and it's just like, holy crap, the system has just put out these dudes. We're talking about Pena, Tucker, Bregman, then the entire rotation, Fromberg. Christian Javier, Urquidy, Luis Garcia, Hunter Brown, all homegrown talent, uh, not to mention Jose Altuve, who, you know, is going to start the year uh, on, on the IL, but just, uh, you know, kind of as many ways to, to, to make a cake as there are. But yeah, I think that the Houston Astros are still a cut above there, and I'd be surprised if uh, they don't win it again. All right, um, let's talk about our playoff teams from the American League before we move on to the National League. Um, Bob, who did you have for your six playoff teams from the American League? All right, I had um, Tampa, who I said last week was my AL East uh, champ. So Tampa, Cleveland, and Houston as the division winners. And then Toronto, Seattle, and the Angels as the wild card teams. Okay, Keaton, who you got? Blue Jays, Guardians, Astros for my division winners, and Yankees, Rays, Twins for my wild cards. Okay, I'm pretty similar. I have Blue Jays, Guardians, Astros as my division winners, and then I have Rays, uh, Twins, and Mariners as my wild cards. So two, two, and two. A nice little neat mix here. All right, uh, moving on to the National League East. Um, an incredibly talented division here. Uh, the way that I have this division shaking out, I have the Mets finishing first, the Phillies, who were in the World Series last year, finishing second, the Braves finishing third, uh, Marlins fourth, Nationals a almost athletics like distant fifth. Uh, Keaton, how did you have this division shaken out? This division is going to be crazy fun. I went with the Mets, Braves, and Phillies, and I really feel like you can kind of make a pretty strong case for any one of those three winning the division. Uh, and then I had Marlins and Nationals way at the back. And who do you have, Bob? I had the Braves, then Phillies, then Mets, Marlins in fourth, Nationals in fifth. Okay, so we all have different orders. Um, interesting. Okay, so let's talk about that top three here because that's, you know, that's that's the meat of it right here. The The battle between... The Mets, Phillies, and Braves. Um, I'll go ahead and give the case for the Mets winning the division. Keaton, you give the case for the Phillies. And Bob, give the case for the Braves. Um, 
the Mets, let's just talk about them real quick. For the Mets, I think it all starts with the pitching. Um, this pitching here is electric. Uh, the The fact that they're going to have Max Scherzer uh, and Justin Verlander as you know dual aces and true true aces at the top of their rotation, I think is just something that is pretty much unmatched by any other team. Um, I'm not sure that anybody has a, a top two quite that good in the league. There are some that come close. We'll talk about later on um, Milwaukee's top two comes pretty close, but I think that those two are about as good as it gets. Um, Senga looks really good. Definitely bringing the velo early on. David Peterson's a solid pitcher as well. Um, and then even with the loss of Edwin Diaz, I think that they've got an excellent bullpen um, and, a, and a very solid lineup throughout. I mean, I think Lindor is going to be an uh, MVP candidate. Um, Pete Alonso leads the league in home runs since 2019. Starling Marte is still very good. I know the Mets going to do Mets things at, at different points, and health is always a question with with these guys, but man, I just love the pitching here. Keaton, give me the case for the Phillies. Yeah. Um, I mean, the lineup is just loaded. The case for the Phillies is they may not play the best defense and they, uh, you know, the, the pitching has holes in it and they may allow five runs a game, but they're going to go out there and they're score 15. So who cares? Um, especially with that park in this lineup, it's just, it's hits and homers and powers galore, and I love it. And then they added Trey Turner at the top just to give it a little bit of panache there. It's just – it's electric stuff. And, I mean, they made, they they rode it all the way to the World Series last year. I feel like, you know, with a solid year of whatever the hell they were drinking last year um, is something that they can obviously build on, and adding Trey Turner uh, only helps that. Uh, plus the major addition to their starting rotation of Matt Strom, you know, um, it's definitely going to help them uh, back into that rotation there. So uh, bullpen is actually – that was really their biggest issue, I think, entering the like really through the first half of last year. Uh, they have, they've done a lot to shore that up. Starting pitching is still a little bit inconsistent, but it's it's all about the lineup here with the Phillies. And um, even though they, they've lost Hoskins now, they – Derek Hall's the youngsters – well, youngsters it's stir ish who's going to get a whole lot more playing time there at first. But I think, um, you know, while it's a downgrade, the rest of the lineup is just so loaded that, um, they're still going to just score a buttload of runs every game. Yeah. And they're going to be welcoming Bryce Harper back to that lineup at some point too. So they're yep. going to get even better. Um, yeah, the Phillies lineup is just so, so frighteningly good. Um, Bob, the Atlanta Braves have really controlled this division for the last couple of years. I mean, they they won the division last year. They won 101 games. So did the Mets. Um, Phillies, even though they only had 87 wins, ended up representing the NL East in the World Series. But Atlanta has been by far the most consistent team uh, in this division over the last few years. What does Atlanta need to do to win another division title? I think... There's some health that they need in the pitching staff, and I'm probably sounding like a broken record, but Rysel Iglesias already having a shoulder inflammation. He's such an important uh, part in the back of that bullpen. Um, 
with that's where Kenley Jansen was a year ago. So with Jansen leaving and Iglesias stepping into that role as an obvious candidate that they traded for at the um, trade deadline last year, they can't lose both of those guys. So it sounds like it's not that significant of an injury, um, but they definitely need him back. If they do have him back, I don't see that many holes on this team, if any. Uh, this lineup of Acuna, who is going to now be... You know, I, I don't think he was totally right last year, even though his numbers were still really good. I think now that he's in his second year off of the knee injury, um, that he's just going to take it to another level in his age 25 season. Uh, and we've talked about the way that they have locked up all of these young players between Acuna um, and Olsen and Austin Riley and Michael Harris and Ozzy Albies. And it's just it's ridiculous how... Uh, deep this lineup is and then they've traded for Sean Murphy who you know I know that was your guy Jake that you were hoping to get in here and and they just casually snuck him into the lineup and he's going to be hitting seven so between that and then you've got Spencer Strider who was the best breakout rookie pitcher a year ago and arguably could be a Cy Young candidate this year along with Freed at the top of the rotation you got Charlie Morton um, you know Kyle Wright who is a bit banged up right now and then We'll see whether Michael Soroka can finally come back from all his ailments as the fifth starter. But, I mean, if you think about it, that's one through five in the rotation, and it's one through seven of studs in the lineup. Uh, You know, won the World Series two years ago, won the division a year ago. Um, You know, what their schedule was, playing the Mets 18 times and the Phillies 18 times last year, and they still won 101 games. So I think the key is is Iglesias staying healthy, and if not, they're probably going to have to make a trade in the bullpen because otherwise they... They're pretty stacked. Yeah, I think if I look at this division uh, over the next like three weeks, I'd probably pick it in a different order every single time. Um, that's how close these three teams are to me, um, and they all have some questions. So it'll be a really interesting division to watch going forward. Let's move on to the uh, AL or the NL Central, I should say. Um, Bob, how did you have the teams in the NL Central finishing? All right, I had the Brewers first, the Cardinals second, the Cubs third, the Pirates fourth, and the Reds fifth. Okay. Uh, Keaton, what was your order? Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Pirates, Reds. Okay. All right. So, um, Keaton, I have it the, the same winner as you. I have it Cardinals, Brewers, but then I have Reds, Pirates, Cubs. Um, that seems to be our big discrepancy. Let's first start at the top here. Um, we both have the Cardinals winning the division. Bob has Milwaukee. Um, Bob, what's your case for Milwaukee uh, winning this division? The Cardinals won the division last year. They won 93 games. Brewers had 86 wins last season. Um, you know, When I look at the St. Louis Cardinals here, I look at Brendan Donovan leading off, Lars Newtbar, really good player, back-to-back NL MVP candidates and, and winner, Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado, um, really good outfield. They add Jordan Walker to the mix, you know, really solid pitching, Mikolas, Flaherty, Montgomery. Um, they're bringing back old man Wainwright again for another year, lockdown closer and Ryan Helsley. I don't see a whole lot of uh, holes on this team, so... What is it for you that makes you think Milwaukee's going to be able to take it? 
Yeah, I don't like the pitching staff as much as you do. Uh, I think Jack Flaherty is kind of a, a shell of himself. He had that one great year and really hasn't done anything since or stayed healthy since that. So, um, you know, and, and Michaelis is, is their number one pitcher, or you could say that Jordan Montgomery, that's a shaky staff with Woodford and Mats and because Wainwright is already hurt. So it'll be interesting to see with as they transition away from the Wainwright-Molina era into um, Wilson Contreras, who's now going to be the catcher there, who I think is probably the perfect veteran leader catcher to replace Molina if you're going to do that with anybody in the league. Contreras is a good one. Um, but I just I don't like their pitching staff. I know they're always in it, and I'm sure they're going to um, figure out a way to piece it together. But Milwaukee, these are my guys. I mean, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, um, eventually the kid Ashby should come back. He's got um, a shoulder injury, but if they can get him back for the second half of the year, he could be a breakout pitcher to add to the staff as well. Eric Lauer had a very good year last year. And then Devin Williams at the back uh, of, of the game as well. Uh, I just love Milwaukee's pitching, and I think it's a huge edge that they have on St. Louis, even though St. Louis probably has an edge in the lineup. All right. Keaton, tell Bob why he's wrong. <laughs> I don't know if he is, to be honest with you. I, this was another one where I kind of went back and forth at the top and just landed <laughs> on the Cardinals because I just kind of like some players on the Cardinals more than I like some players on the Brewers. <laughs> I mean, well, all right. I'll, I'll tell Bob why he's wrong then. Okay, there you go. Um, Burns and Woodruff, yes. Very superior. Uh, those top two pitchers, they're just head and shoulders above anything that the Cardinals have. Um, but I like the Cardinals bullpen better. I like the Cardinals lineup a whole lot better. I like the Cardinals defense better. Um, and I think that there are some interesting dudes in this uh, Cardinals uh, rotation. You know, I, I think Mikolas, Mon- Montgomery, Wainwright, like Flaherty, you're going to get some good starts out of those guys. They're not going to be transcendent starts like the Milwaukee dudes, but I think the bullpen's good enough to kind of cover that stuff up. And I think that the back end of that Milwaukee rotation could be pretty bad too. You know, I'm not I'm not sure about Miley and Lauer and Peralta and some of these other guys. So You don't like Wade Miley? Oh my god, no, I do not like Wade Miley. But you know, Jeez. particular it's it's the it's the lineup that scares me. Um I don't have any idea what they're gonna get from Jesse Winker, Louis Sirius, you know, Garrett Mitchell, Brian Anderson, Bryce Terang. Um they've got a catcher batting cleanup. Um, that kind of tells you everything you need to know about that lineup. So I, I'm worried about their ability to score some runs here. Um, but, you know, maybe, Bob, we might have our first uh, head-to-head bet of the year here in the 40 NL Central. Two home runs from Rowdy Telez. Okay. <laughs> like, what, 40 of those 42 came against the Red Sox? <laughs> <laughs> He's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Well, another team that we disagreed about was the Chicago Cubs. I have them finishing last in the division. And um, basically what this comes down to is I look at the Cubs and there's not a whole lot that I believe in in the lineup. Um, And Keaton's going to get mad at me because this includes Trey Mancini. Um, Preposterous. I, I do not like the lineup. I think the rotation is okay. I don't like the bullpen. And when I look at the Cincinnati Reds, who I picked to finish third in this division, I think there's a lot of bounce-back guys. I like Jonathan India a lot, and I think he'll have a bounce-back season. I think Spencer Steer might surprise some people. Um, You know, the lineup's not great, but, um, you know, Bob, you talked me into this pitching staff, this young top three that they have, uh, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, um, they've got some really good relievers in that bullpen as well. Joey Votto should have a bounce back year, I think, finally being healthy with the shoulder. Um, you know, talk to me about the Reds. How do you see the Reds stacking up against the Chicago Cubs, Bob? You know, that's a fair point about the staff. I probably should have the Reds fourth and Pittsburgh fifth. You can tell that I didn't care about the bottom two in some of these divisions as much. <laughs> um so you exposed me there. All but... teams matter, Bob. <laughs> All teams matter. And looking at that Pittsburgh roster. Oof. Okay, so I'm going to put the Cubs third, since he fourth, and Pittsburgh fifth. But you asked me about the Cubs, right? Yeah. Um, I think that they are a year away, and I think that they are, are trying. I think that they um, you know, are starting to try to put together a core here, bringing in Dansby Swanson at shortstop. They've got Ian Happ in a contract year. I think that he is going to finally, you know, at age 28, he had a very good year last year. I think that he is going to have, you know, that big contract year. Um, I love Nico Horner at the top of the lineup. He emerged last year, stole 20-plus bases, hits for a good average. Um, I don't know what they'll get out of Cody Bellinger. I don't know what they'll get out of Trey Mancini. But if one of those guys can hit for power and protect those three ahead of them, um, I think that they can be decent, and uh, Wes Neski, who made the team, is one of my favorite young pitchers. Um, you know, Stroman and Tyon at the top can give you innings and keep you in games, so I don't think that the the rotation is terrible. I don't think that they will be over 500, but I think that they're kind of starting to put something together um, in just, you know, the we're one year away, we're going to start spending money and then kind of go after it a year from now. 
That Sanker is going to be sanking this year, and they're going to have some good defense behind it, too. What's that, Strowman? Yep, that's Stroh. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh, though. Keaton, where did you have Pittsburgh finishing this division? Four. Four. Ahead of who? The Reds? Yes. Okay, so you're both disrespecting my Kansas or my uh, my Cincinnati Reds here, uh, but you gave a little bit of love to Pittsburgh over over the Reds here. What is it about Pittsburgh? And tell me how Pittsburgh can finish ahead of uh, both the Reds and the Cubs. Is there is there a way that you see that being able to happen? I just like the youngsters here, I think, a little bit more than the youngsters on the Reds. I think they're both kind of in similar spots. Um, they're both kind of laden with youngsters. Maybe the Reds a little bit more in the rotation, which, um, you know, I think adds a little bit more volatility to it. Um, but I like Cruz. I like Hayes. Um, I like Contreras. I like the guys that they've still got coming. Uh, that hopefully should make some appearances here this year at the top of their top prospect list. So it was more of a just, uh, hey, they're going to be fun. So uh, let's let's give them a bump because they might be fun. Yeah, I like a lot of their young guys too. And they've got a lot of young guys on the cusp. Andy Rodriguez could be up this year. Henry Davis, uh, yeah. Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester. Very deep young young system. And there's just something... Uh, in me, uh, you know, the romantic baseball fan, I guess you could say, uh, who just loves the Andrew McCutcheon return um, to the Pirates as well. And I just think that there's something there. Uh, O'Neill Cruz, I wouldn't be shocked if he just really becomes a star this year in his first real full season. Uh, and then I like some of their young pitchers as well. Contreras is one who stands out to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in this team. Um, and you know, the, the, the back of this division is interesting to me, Bob, all, all these teams interesting. So yeah, I'm with you taking you to task on that. I do like right. that red staff. So I apologize. You're the one who talked me into it. I Hi. mean, like, come on, <laughs> Hunter right, let's move, move on to the last division, uh, here before we get to our awards. Um, it's the, uh, NL West. Uh, Keaton, how do you have the NL West finishing this year? I went Dodgers, Padres, and another close one at the top, then Giants, D-backs, Rockies. Okay, that's exactly how I had it, so you're a genius. Bob, how do you have it? (laughs) I went Padres first, Dodgers second, uh, Diamondbacks third, Giants fourth, and Rockies fifth. Okay, well the only thing we agree on is Rockies fifth. Uh, there so (laughs) (laughs) all right um so bob i think we have to go to you first with this one padres what gives you confidence that the padres this year will be able to finally slay the giant because the dodgers last year won 111 freaking games where the padres won 89 I know that the the San Diego Padres made some moves in the offseason, and maybe that's understating it. They did a lot, a lot of things. But what is it that convinces you this is now a better club than the Dodgers? 
So I don't want to make this sound like they are re rebuilding or anything, but I think if there's a year to get the Dodgers, it's this one because they are kind of resetting under the luxury tax, um, probably to go all in on Otani a year from now. And they lost Trey Turner and Bueller is out and Gavin Lux is already hurt. And I look at the bottom of their lineup and see old friend J.D. Martinez in the fifth spot, which is fine, but then David Peralta and Trace Thompson, and you've got Miguel Rojas hitting ninth, and kind of a weak bench of Jason Hayward and um, a couple of rookies that are up, and it just doesn't have the firepower that I think they've had in the past. Um, bringing in Noah Syndergaard, who knows what to expect there. They're going to have a rookie in the fifth spot of the rotation as well. Uh, like I said, Bueller out, Gonsolin out. So I just think if there's a year for San Diego to grab the division, it's this one. And I haven't even talked about them yet, but they brought in Xander Bogarts. I don't know if either of you heard that uh, or if it's been an agenda item at all this offseason on this show. Pass, but, pass, mute, pass. Um, <laughs> but with him at the top and, of course, Soto, who really wasn't that great before he got there, but, I mean, that's not going to continue um, – and just Manny Machado, Cronenworth, and, you know, we'll see. What is it going to be Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz? Which dinosaur is going to hit the DH spot and take that job? But, you know, Hayson Kim had a good year last year. Darvish, Snell, they brought in Michael Walker, and they've got Josh Hader at the back and have a lot of good relievers um, in front of Hader. And I just think that all of the money that they have poured into this team, and I'm sure we'll continue to do if there are holes at the trade deadline, I think San Diego's all in on this year, and they know that this has to be the year if they're going to um, pass the Dodgers. So, um, yeah, I'm going with San Diego. I think you're dead on with the if it's going to be any year, it's this year. Because, you know, next year with the Dodgers, they're going to get uh, Walker Bueller back. They're going to have, you know, probably a healthy Gavin Lux and Tony Gonsolin to start next year. Um yeah, and they'll probably have Otani as well. <laughs> For being <laughs> right. honest, like the Dodgers are just going to reload. But but to me the thing that stands out with this team is like I agree with you the Padres have the better lineup of the two teams and I don't think that's really up for debate, but when I look at the rotation for the uh the Dodgers, man, I still like it way better than the Padres rotation. Urias, Dustin May, who I think the world of. Clayton Kershaw is still awesome. Um, and then, you know, like, Gonsolin's going to be back. I know it's a bad sprained ankle, but, like, he's going to come back as well. So, Keaton, why did you have the Dodgers um, kind of staying, staying in that number one spot over the Padres this year? Um. Really, it's just because to be the best, you got to beat the best kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I did the uh, champ. Yeah. I feel like I didn't really make many exciting picks this year, and the ones that I did were just kind of like, yeah, this would be fun. <laughs> Not really grounded in a whole lot of reason. Uh, mainly for the Dodgers is be just because, I mean – Everything is loaded, but it's been loaded for a while, kind of thing. Like Padres just got all this loaded, and they're just kind of uh, you know playing with it for the first time. And the Dodgers have been there, so they got the experience. So I went with the Dodgers. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
Bob, at the back end of this division, and and it seems like of all the divisions you weren't interested in the back end, this one you are, um, because you made a pretty bold pick, I think, uh, or at least a pick that I wish I was brave enough to make, which is taking the Diamondbacks over the Giants. I really wanted to do that. I didn't do it because I think the Giants still have more pitching, but you know, give me the argument there for this young Diamondbacks team. They've been building for a while. They made some big moves. They're going to have some important rookies as well. You know, what does a Diamondbacks finishing ahead of the Giants look like, and, and how do they get to that place? Yeah, you mentioned the pitching in Arizona, and I think that they have a ton of it, and they have more of it in the minors that's coming up. Um, everybody that they brought up late last season pitched well between um, Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson, and then the other third rookie is Brandon Fott, who is starting in AAA, but he had the, the best strikeout rate in all of the minors, um, and these guys were you know pitching in the PCL, uh, so when... You know, I don't think that their minor league stats jumped off the page, but when they got to Arizona, they were both they were all uh, really good. And then Zach Gallen, you know, if you ran the Cy Young just for the second half of the year, it would have gone to Gallen. He almost beat Oral Hershiser's record for scoreless innings. I think he's a a fantastic ace. I think Merrill Kelly went 200 innings last year, um, and they just have a, in my opinion, a really good staff. And, you know, I wanted to have the guts to pick them to go to the playoffs, but I couldn't quite get them to sixth. I think they're probably the seventh best team in the National League. Um, you know, their their lineup could be a little bit short, but with Corbin Carroll, um, who could be as good as any rookie in all of baseball, you've got Alec Thomas, who's another outfielder who struggled last year, but they have, um, you know, some depth there. Kettle Marte, Jake McCarthy, Christian Walker... Um, you know, Kyle Lewis has had a great spring and he was a rookie of the year in Seattle and kind of forgotten about, but he'll be in the mix a little bit. They have a lot of good young players and just, I, I watched a decent amount of them down the stretch last year and really liked the way that they played and, and they, they were winning late in the season that I feel like they can carry over into the season. You think they're better than the Cardinals? Um, no, Maybe. I think that those teams are 7th and 8th. Interesting. Um, it's close. How bad will the Rockies be, Keaton? Oh, so bad. Comically bad. Like, they won 68 games last year. I feel like the Rockies never completely bottom out to, like, you know, Pirates or Royals levels. But is that in the cards this year? For them? I mean, they they couldn't even do us the favor of winning one more game last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. they are starting Austin Gomber and they can't do anything. Jose right. Urena uh, this year, and you know, Daniel Bard is still closing games. Oh for man, them, Jose so. Urena! I forgot about him. Yeah, I mean, every player on that roster is pretty much somebody you look at and you're like, ah, oh, I forgot about him. Oh yeah, he's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, get Herman it's, Marquez the hell out of Colorado. <laughs> what was Chris Bryant doing? <laughs> Such an idiot. I mean, I'm sure it's a nice place to live. So, and he's got many millions of reasons why he chose it. But True. yeah, uh, well, he'll, he'll always have those memories of 2016. What What do we think of the Giants though? Because they tried 
really hard to spend money, and nobody would take it. Did and if they... they did, they failed them in the physical. Farhan's <laughs> Farhan Zaidi Bloom over there. I mean, it seems like they've got the same <clears throat> issue as <throat> as Boston, where they just don't want to commit to players. Well, they offered Aaron Judge like four hundred million dollars, right? Yes, and so, still, and, uh, I think they tried the whole Korea debacle. Right. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that team. I think their lineup kind of stinks, but I, I, I like mean, their pitching. They gave Conforto $36 million bucks after having not played a year. Right, and sucking two years ago. I don't know what they're doing. No, this, I, I, they got I Joey Bartow. cannot figure out how this roster fits together unless they are just going to... There's a bunch of crazy platoons that they have up their sleeve that I can't see in front of me here. I'm telling you, though, Sean Mania is going to have the best season of his life pitching on that team this year. That pitching staff is actually very good. All right. Yeah. I think Plus, so. I still actually do like Conforto. They do have Mitch Joey Hanniger. Bart. It's going to have a break down in the aisle there. Who? Mitch Hanniger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Strained guy. oblique. Those are tricky, too. He's missed, yeah. like... Well, I guess he came back last year, but he had missed a whole buttload of time, too. Yeah, well, when you're playing with a ruptured testicle, that'll happen. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, it's tough. It's One tough injury. 56 minutes over-under if someone said testicle on the show. <laughs> there it is. All right, well, I'm going to give my playoff teams first for the NL. Um, I have it um, Mets, Phillies, Braves all making it uh, with the Mets, the division winner. I have the uh, NL Central, Cardinals winning the division, the only team making it from the NL Central. And the NL West, I have the Dodgers winning the division and the Padres making the playoffs. Uh, who do you have over there, Keaton? You got a, like a whistling kettle in the background or something? What's going on over there? Yeah, my radiator's kicking on. Uh, okay. Uh, I got the Mets, Cardinals, Dodgers winning the division, and Padres, Braves, Phillies also in the playoffs. Who do you got, Bob? Braves, Brewers, and Padres division winners, and then Phillies, Mets, and Dodgers wild card. And the Diamondbacks seventh ahead of the Cardinals just for Keaton. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, World Series winners. Uh, let's go with you first, Keaton. Who do you have winning the World Series this year? I got the Blue Jays over the Padres. All right. Bob, who you got? I have the Braves over the Rays. All right. And I have the Blue Jays over the Mets. I don't know why. I think, Keaton, this is the second year in a row. Both of us have predicted the Blue Jays to win the World Series, I believe. Really? Yep. It sure yeah. is. I did yeah. do that last year, yeah. Yeah, I All right, so, so make that case, please. Well, oh. they have a really strong chance of coming out of the American League, and then that means they only have to play one of those teams in the National League, and anything can happen. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I don't know. I I just really think the Blue Jays could be a wagon if um if everything clicks. Um and we're going to mention a lot of their guys when it comes to the awards, but you know, they've got a lot of guys um 
up for AL MVP, who could potentially be in that argument. You know, AL Cy Young, they've got two candidates there. Um, they're just really deep. They don't have a lot of holes. Uh, we talked about that when we talked about the division. I think that the uh, bottom part of that rotation is a little shaky if you wanted to, you know, pick on one spot there. But I think that matters less in the playoffs um, when you're only throwing out, you know, three to four guys at a time. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, Blue Jays have enough star power to do it. All right. And they're going to be battle-tested, so. Yep. All right, uh, let's get to our awards here. First, uh, AL MVP, uh, some candidates for this. Um, you know, obviously, the the obvious candidates, uh, Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, J-Rod, J-Ram, Jordan Alvarez, Corey Seager, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Kyle Tucker, Rafael Devers, Carlos Correa, Bo Bichette, Adley Rushman. These are all guys who could potentially win it. But with this, we all chose the same person. Bob, who did we choose? We chose Shohei Otani because the Angels are going to make the playoffs. And Keaton, no why did we choose? Excuses. Sorry. Why did we choose Jose, uh, Shohei Otani? This is the best player on the planet. He is the best player on the planet. Yeah, I, this on was all the, the planets, not just this one. Every single planet. Uh, of all the awards, this was the only one we were even close to unanimous on. So, it's twenty-eight years old in a contract year, already the best player on the planet. And I think, like, even with Judge <laughs> winning the award last year, like there was a a case for Otani, even with the season that Judge had last year. So, yep. like, he's going to hit 90 homers this year. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. I guess 90 would shock me. But uh, guy's an alien. So, all right. That's the only boring one we have. NL MVP. Um, lots of candidates here. We have uh, Soto, Tatis, Trey Turner, uh, Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna Jr., Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Manny Machado. Trey Turner, uh, or oh, I already said that, Many, uh, JT Realmuto, Francisco Lindor, Austin Riley. Um, Keaton, who did you go with for this award? Trey Turner. I think uh, he's still going to steal like 30 bases, maybe even like 35, 40 with the, the bigger bags. He's in a very hitter-friendly ballpark, so he could even go 30, 35 homers. Plus, he's still going to hit like 320. So yeah, he's just he's gonna have himself quite a year. Okay, hard to <clears> argue <throat> with that. I think he's been the consensus one-one pick in all dynasty leagues this year, or at least up there. Uh, what what do you got for your NL MVP, Bob? I'm going with Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, a guy who already has a 41 homer, 37 steal season on his resume um needs to stay healthy obviously but i think once he came back last year from the knee injury played 119 games really said that he didn't feel totally 100 percent for most of the year and he still had 15 homers and 29 steals um in 119 games so i think he'll be back over 30 30 with the new rules probably 40 steals 
Um, I think he's just going to have a, an out-of-this-world season uh, on the team that I'm picking to win the World Series. So we'll go with Acuna. All right, nice pick there. Um, I went with Mookie Betts. I think he'll win his first uh, MVP in the other league. Um, you know, Mookie had a great season last year. Had 35 home runs and you know 117 runs. I think that he will bat over 300 this year. Uh, post an OBP close to 400, um, hit over 30 home runs. I think he'll steal 20 plus bases. Play excellent defense for that team. And we, we mentioned how the Dodgers are a little bit less um, loaded in the lineup than usual. I think that Mookie Betts will carry the Dodgers to another division title on the back of his MVP season uh, this season. And it'll, it'll make me both happy and sad at the exact same time. <laughs> All right, AL Cy Young. Uh, candidates for this one, we have... Shohei Otani, uh, Jacob DeGrom, Garrett Cole, Kevin Gosman, Luis Castillo, Shane Bieber, Carlos Rodon, Shane McClanahan, Framber Valdez, Alec Manoa, and Dylan Cease. Uh, guys, the person I picked for this award was Sugar Shane McClanahan, 25 years old, left-handed pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the strikeout stuff with him is just filthy um, when he is healthy and on the mound. Uh, he's maybe the most electric player uh, in the American League as a pitcher. Um, it's it's close for for me between him and Shohei Otani for a guy who is like the must watch uh, when he's on the mound in the American League. Um, so I think if if he puts together a you know 180 inning season, uh, it's going to be tough to beat Shane McClanahan for this award. Uh, who do you guys have? Start with uh, start with you, Keaton. I also went AL East, but I went a wee bit further north, and I went Alec Manoa. Cut off a real solid season last year. Uh, strikeout potential always there. Doesn't want guys. Just filthy, filthy, filthy pitcher. Uh, durable guy. I just think he's he's due to just continue the progress that he made last year and just be super dominant once again. Nice. Nice. Good pick. And he was in the running for it last year. Um, you went with somebody who has already won a Cy Young in Shane Bieber. Uh, why'd you go with Biebs? Uh Yeah, as you said, he's done it before, so why can't he do it again? But after a couple of years that looked like his arm kind of might have had some issues, he was not throwing as hard, uh, his K rate has gotten lower, but he has found a way to just be a great pitcher, not just a huge strikeout guy, which is rare to see somebody at this age kind of have their um, their velocity fall off and still be able to pitch the way that Bieber does. And he threw 200 innings last year, which we don't see a lot of either. So I think he can do that again. He had a 288 ERA a year ago. He had a whip of 1.04, which is outstanding. And even though he's only throwing 91 miles an hour now, um, after earlier in his career, he was throwing 94, but he has a really good slider. He has a really good curveball, um, and b- both of those pitches have batting average against under 200. So it's just his his secondary stuff is great, and he spots everything so well. Um, and it's just uh, I'm impressed the way that he has evolved as a pitcher, despite not having what he had in the the first um, 
huge season when he struck out what was it 259 batters in 2019 when he won his Cy Young so um you know I think Bieber's a little further down on the odds but I think he's a good dark horse uh, bet this year yeah I love that one I love I love the the horses the guys who stay healthy and stay on the mound and, and Bieber's definitely done that so um, we picked some good ones there. Those those three guys are among my favorites to watch Definitely. Uh, in, in the whole league. Um, let's look at NL Cy Young now. Um, candidates for this award, we have Corbin Burns, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola, Spencer Strider, Zach Wheeler, Max Fried, Brandon Woodruff, Julio Urias, Sandy Alcantara, the defending uh, Cy Young champ there. Uh you Darvish, Zach Gallen, and Logan Webb. Um, Bob, who did you go with for this award? Went with Brandon Woodruff, one of my uh, favorite pitchers from that Brewer staff that I was talking about. I um, think he does need to kind of increase his innings a little bit. He has not thrown more than 180 in a seat, 180 in a season. Um, but he's just been so solid year after year. Career ERA 3.18. You know, every season is just in that you know, two and a half to three um, range for the last three seasons. Uh, Strikes out a lot of batters and I think generally pitches deep into games. And the reason that he didn't get to 200 innings last year was kind of a fluky circulatory um, issue that he had in his arm, which was scary. But then when he came back, he was himself and pitched just outstanding in the second half of the season. Um, So I think Woodruff can... He'll be 30 this season, and I think he can take that leap if he can throw close to 200 innings with the strikeout rate that he has. Um, it's going to be my pick. I love how Woodruff stays in the zone, too, so much. He's just, he just he attacks guys in the zone all the time, challenges them. You know, he's got incredible control. That's a great, great one. Uh, Keaton, you picked his teammate, though, Corbin Burns. Uh, what makes you like Burns a little bit more than Woodruff? Obviously, kind of different pitchers there, but you know both have incredible stuff. Yeah, I just think uh, we were really waiting for like a full healthy season from Burns. Twenty twenty one, he got two hundred and sixty seven innings, but um, so this wasn't quite there. But then last year, over two hundred innings for the first time. Um, you know, I've been through two Tommy Johns, a guy that I've been following for a really long time since he was in the minors and that first. Tommy John surgery. Um, so it was more of a just, uh, hey, it's finally all coming together, just like we all hoped. He's real nasty, and it's very good to see. So I'm going to go with him. All right. Nice picks, gentlemen. Um, I'm going with the back-to-back Cy Young guy. I'm, I'm going with Sandy Alcantara to win it again. He's going into his age 27 season. Um, just throws incredibly hard. So durable. We talk about guys that go 200 innings being so rare the guys that go 220 plus innings are unicorns these days and he went 228 and two-thirds he's broken 200 innings for the last two seasons um i I think alcantara is going to have another just monster year he's huge he's durable he knows how to pitch um he doesn't strike out you know 10 11 batters per nine um but he does do it in different ways he gets ground balls he works quickly um i absolutely love watching alcantara pitch and i wish there were more guys like him so i'm gonna uh go for the rare back-to-back cy young wins here 
Nice. Okay. Boring. <laughs> I think it would be quite exciting. <laughs> uh, American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, this is a really loaded race here. Um, candidates for this award, we have obviously our homegrown guys, Masataki Yoshida, in uh, Tristan Casas, as well as Gunnar Henderson staying in the division there. Hunter Brown, Anthony Volpe in the division as well. Uh, Logan Ohop, uh, I don't know if I'm ever saying his name right. Um, and Grayson Rodriguez for the Orioles. So uh, this is this is maybe a little bit of an AL East party here, aside from a couple of these guys. Uh, most of these young players are in the AL East. Um, but Keaton, uh, you and I picked the same guy. Uh, who did we pick? We picked Yoshida. Red Sox homie. Um, had himself a nice little WBC there. Looks real, real talented. I was really excited about the signing. Um, just really excited to see him play. I think he's going to have a really good year. Yeah, I love Yoshida. Um, the WBC did it for me. I was really yeah, kind of same. interested in the the projections. You know, the, the projections were obviously very favorable to him. You know, some having him over a 300 hitter in his first year with very high OBPs and really good slugging percentages. But when I saw all of the at-bats that I saw, I was like, holy crap, this guy. I don't know how you can, you know, it's it's almost not fair. It probably isn't fair to have a 29-year-old who has won, you know, the the World Series equivalent in Japan over there as well uh, as, as up for this award. But he is, so, you know, that's why I picked him. I think he's going to be a monster. Um, but Bob, you picked a guy who's a true 21 year old rookie, a, a guy who's going to be playing every day for the, the Baltimore Orioles. So we'll be able to see a lot of him. Who'd you, who'd you go with? Went with Gunnar Henderson, um, who got the call up last year in September, played 34 games and just looked like he deserved to be there um, as a just turned 21 year old at the time. And just has every tool you know he is such a good defensive shortstop um with very good plate discipline and power and just has kind of a little bit of everything that i think he's just going to be a lot of fun to watch on both sides of the of the diamond um you know he just he had some good at bats last year showed that power i think that it's a little bit um as a left-handed hitter makes Camden Yards um, a lot more reasonable for power numbers than it is for a right-handed hitter. So I don't think that, you know, the way that they move the fences back and it affect some of those players, I don't think it will affect him as much. Um, I Henderson is just kind of somebody that I followed through the minor leagues back uh, when I was writing at Dynasty Guru. I remember writing Henderson up and saying that I think that he could take the leap to be a top 100 prospect someday and felt like that was a hot take at the time. So to see him then get into the top five and get called up at such a young age. Um, I've just always been a fan of kind of everything in his game. And, uh, you know, even though he's in the division, uh, rooting for him a little bit. And I said shortstop, but he's playing uh, third base, I should have said, uh, this season. Yeah, great pick. This is going to be one of the most interesting award uh, groups here, AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, moving over to the NL Rookie of the Year, uh, candidates for this award, we have uh, Corbin Carroll, Ezekiel Tovar, Miguel Vargas, Jordan Walker, Francisco Alvarez, and Kodai Senga. Um, those are kind of the big ones. Not quite as impressive as the AL Rookie of the Year, but still 
a lot of really good names there. Uh, I went with who I think will be the odds-on favorite for this one in Corbin Carroll, who won a job uh, right off the bat here in Arizona. He also signed a huge extension, eight-year, $111 million uh, extension with the Diamondbacks. Uh, 22-year-old lefty outfielder, uh, undersized, only 5'10", but incredible swing here, Um, 80-grade speed. I think he's going to steal 35 bases in his first rookie season. I think he's going to hit 20 homers. I think he'll hit 275 at least um, and and impact the game defensively. Um, I think this is a future star in the game, and I think we see it right away in his age 22 season. Um, Let's go with you, Bob. Who'd you pick? Went with Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers, and, you know, he's somebody who, even though... He was one of those PCL hitters, but it didn't really matter what level he was at. He's had such a uh, great plate discipline and strikeout rate. You know, he's always around 15, 16%, um, you know, can work a walk, that whole thing, and hit over 300 at every level. And they have really committed to Vargas, and they did before Gavin Lux had even gotten injured. Um, Dave Roberts had said that Vargas would play second base. Um, he played first base last year. He played some outfield. He has played third base in the minor league. So I feel like they will find a spot for him and, you know, had already gotten that endorsement uh, from the manager at the beginning of the spring. So I just feel confident that he's going to get the playing time on a good team, you know, should get the counting stats with who he will be hitting around. Um, and they just, you know, just really seem to be confident in the player. Um, and just what a stacked crew this is um you mentioned we talked about the american league but just thinking about volpe who's going to make the team and cassis um along with all of the henderson and yoshida but then in the nl between carol and walker and vargas and senga and tovar it's just i think this is as exciting of a rookie you know odds on class that we've had in a long time and i think it speaks to something that the game did MLB did correctly in incentivizing having these teams um, call up the players from the beginning of the season to have different kind of, um, you know, draft picks and compensation and and things of that nature that they didn't have before. That's the best thing that came out of the bargaining agreement, I think, because we get to see these players from day one and we don't have to listen to any BS that they got sent down to work on their defense or or whatever. That's We got everybody up that deserves to be there from day one. Yeah, that's a great point. Incentivizing these guys to play and tying draft pick compensation to them is just really, really smart. Baseball's been doing some really smart things lately. Keaton, who did you go with for your NL Rookie of the Year? Francisco Alvarez, catcher for the Mets. Um, doesn't appear like he's going to break camp, but I don't think it's going to take long for him to get up there because uh, Omar Narvaez is the one ahead of him. I don't think it's going to take him long <laughs> to outshine that. Got a little bit of a taste last year. 20 years old, 21 years old, crazy young. It's been uh, a guy that I've had my eye on since he was signed as a 16-year-old, as a dude who was just an offensive force, knows how to handle things behind the plate, can be an absolute beast with a rotation. So I'm so excited to see him playing every day in the major leagues. You know, I love my catchers. So I'm just – he's this guy I've been just so excited about for a very long time. I know you've heard me, Jake, talk about him a ton of times when we did Dynasty's Child. And so now I get to talk about him again. So it's exciting. 
Yeah, I was not in the least bit surprised that he is who you picked for the NL Rookie of the Year. I would have been surprised if it was anybody else. But, no, I, I mean, I'm excited about him, too. And I don't get hyped about catchers that often. But uh, Francisco Alvarez truly has the ability. Like, it wouldn't shock me if one of these seasons he runs into 40 home runs at the catcher position. Like, that's oh, yeah. the yeah. type of power that he has. I mean, we're talking about that level. Um, so... Yeah, he's really exciting. Great crop. I agree with you guys there. Um, going to be exciting. Uh, all these awards are going to be exciting except AL MVP, which will probably not be because Otani. Um, but it'll be exciting to just watch Otani do things that have literally never been done in baseball before. Uh, again, so hopefully great baseball season ahead of us, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show as well. We're not going to do listener questions tonight just because – This is always a show that runs pretty long. We appreciate you guys tuning in, staying with us. As always, you can email us questions at redseatpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and ask us questions there. Um, You can find Bob at BobOsgood15. You can find Keaton at The Spoken Keats. You can find me at DevJake, and you can find the Over the Monster account at, at Over the Monster. We do appreciate you guys tuning into the show, and we'll be with you again next week. 